Welcome back. Uh, we are back with the bonus episode today. Um, today, me and Dugo are going to do a mock draft of the top 30 rookies for the incoming 2022 rookie class. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, man. I'm glad that we were able to finally do this. I know that we've been talking about a bunch of rookies throughout, uh, you know, since we started. And so I'm happy that, you know, there's been enough, uh, you know, like just kind of a feel for these players to where we're able to at least have an idea of where we could at least value them uh, in, you know, like a dynasty draft. So I'm happy we were able to do this. For sure. So what happens, or what's going to happen at least, is me and Dugo are going to go back and forth. Um, there's obviously only two of us, but there's 30 picks. So me and Dugo will kind of go back and forth, basically just projecting who we think should go where based off of combine results, based off of college production and what we estimate they could become at the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Um, me and Dugo flipped a coin. I went tails. Yeah. He went heads. I didn't really call anything. Obviously, I, I went off of his. So I, I, I didn't call heads. It was given to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so we got the first pick of the draft. So I'll be basically odd numbers, and Dugo will be even. Yep. Um. So we'll get it kind of started off. We are in round one. We are going into the first pick of the 2022 fantasy rookie draft. In the first pick of the 2022 rookie mock draft, I will be taking Iowa State running back, Brees Hall. Wow, great pick. Wow, just a <laughs> shocker to the world there. Absolute just shocker, banger. Um, obviously, Brees Hall, he's, he's different. He's special. He's a generational talent. The dude has a great build to translate into the NFL. I think... For anyone who's paid any attention whatsoever in the offseason, you kind of know that he's the top guy. Mm -hmm. um, amazing breakaway speed, ability to read lanes extremely well. In Iowa State, I think he had an above-average offensive line, but he was the focal point of the offense and kind of made that offense click. Mm -hmm. I think wherever he goes, he may not be the first running back off the NFL draft boards, but he will be the number one fantasy football uh, running back, more so just because of his generational talents when it comes to just possessing the ball and making something work with it. Yeah, I mean, he had how many uh, games in a row with uh, touchdowns? 20 touchdowns last season. Um, You know, he, he set the record for most touchdowns straight, like uh, consecutive games and whatnot. So, that, I mean, yeah, he's, I think, kind of the consensus 1-1 off the board, unless, like, someone were, like, a wide receiver were to go to the Green Bay Packers. And if you have some Green Bay Packers stands in your league, you might see that happen. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think Brees Hall definitely the consensus yeah. number one for sure. 6-1-2-20. He has 41 touchdowns in his last two years at Iowa State. Yeah. He's a beast. All right, yeah. With the 1-2, I took Traylon Burks. I know uh, some people, you might have uh, Garrett Wilson, someone else there. I really like Trey Lumberg's, especially uh, with his potential landing position. I know he has exceptional uh, size for, you know, wide receiver. He, you know, I don't know. Like, to me, he's just a do-it-all wide receiver. I like where he's going to fall. Uh, if he's going to be falling towards, like, the back 20 in the NFL draft, I think he's going to have a great wide receiver. So I think he has a lot of upside with that. Um, he had the number one 
uh, he ranked number one in yards uh, per route when lined up outside uh, for all wide receivers last year in college football. So I think that's going to translate well to the NFL. Uh, so Traylon Burks, one, two, call it. Bet. Um, with my third pick, I'm going to take Kenneth Walker, running back out of Michigan State. Um, a lot of the reason I'm taking him at three is because there's not a ton of running backs in this draft, especially ones with startable upside. So mm-hmm. he's probably my second option if I can't get my hands on Brees Hall, which I obviously did. Um, Traylon Burks, I agree with your pick, taking him at one, two. I think he has just the most ridiculous upside you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's built different than a lot of receivers. Right. But Kenneth Walker, I think he's going to be the third most valuable pick just because he's a running back. Um, he's fast. He's elusive. Obviously, there's more to be seen with his catching ability, but, mm-hmm. you know, put him in the right offense and he can build upon that. But he would be my third overall pick in this draft. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker, probably the best uh, actual, like, two-down running back in the draft. N- not much of a pass catcher, or at least we didn't see that at Michigan State mm-hmm. or at Wake Forest before that either. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, that's something that he does have in his arsenal that just hasn't been displayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But great downhill running back, I think that's you know, that's how you get your feet wet in the NFL is being able to run the ball. So If he gets a starting position, he automatically becomes more valuable than, I think, a lot of these receivers. Right. He definitely could be. Just such a premium position, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, this class isn't stacked with a bunch of stud running backs. At least it hasn't been shown no. yet. So, yeah, good pick with uh, Kyle Walker at the 1-3. Cool. Who you got? Uh, 1-4. I had Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't take him. I, I, I kind of let him slide past 1-4. Uh, this guy, he honestly, he could be the number one uh, wide receiver in this draft. I mean, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of people who could be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has exceptional hands. Uh, his 40 was a 4-3-8. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, I mean, you can't buy that separation. You can't really teach that. Nope. So I'm excited to see uh, where he lands. I think uh, I think the way he plays is exceptional. I think at the speed that he plays at is faster than a lot of other uh, like cornerbacks and stuff. So I think uh, I think Garrett Wilson he's gonna I think he's gonna translate to NFL immensely. So yep. yeah, Garrett Wilson one four. All right. Um, with the fifth overall pick, I am gonna go with Chris Olave. Nice. Uh, Chris Olave would be my pick at the 1-5. I mean, a lot of us kind of know the, the hype behind him. Yeah. He obviously has great hands. He's a fantastic route runner. He has some speed to him. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people kind of compare him to, like, a Keenan Allen type of, type of receiver. Sure, okay. Um, I think that Olave obviously does have that... He has the potential to be one of the best route runners in the NFL. If he gets to his peak or if he can continue to grow upon what he's already produced, mm-hmm. um, I think that he can easily be in the top percentile of route runners in the NFL. Um, that's something that ages with you well, so especially in a dynasty uh, league. I like those receivers who can do more than just be physical. Mm-hmm. Um, or just burners. Burners, like a guy who can run crisp routes and has great hands ultimately translates into a receiver that I can have in my lineup for six, seven, eight years. Definitely. Um, so I'm going with Chris Olave at the 1-5. Um, who you got at the uh, 6? Yeah, 1-6, I took Jameson Williams. Uh, so number three wide receiver mm-hmm. off the board for me already. 
Uh, I really like this guy. You know, he obviously transferred from Ohio State to uh, Alabama. And then in the championship game, obviously, Torres ACL. So he's going to be falling in the draft. But this guy is just a big play waiting to happen on every yep. single play. He has shades of Mike Wallace, Will Fuller. You know, okay. just, I mean, he is more of like a burner. Yeah, but definitely. You know, he does have the ability to run crisp routes. Like, that's one thing that we've seen from him uh, throughout his career. A lot of Tyreek comps. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely uh, comp him to that. Uh, I think he probably has more, I would say, like, more of, like, of an expansive route tree than what Tyreek has. Mm-hmm. But, nonetheless, I think, uh, I don't know if he has the speed that Tyreek has. So, you know, so uh, some on-off there. So, I don't know if I would compare him completely to Tyreek. I don't okay. know. I just, I don't love that comp, but it's... It's a good comp. I mean, Tyreek's obviously an established wide receiver. I mm-hmm. just, I, I think they're kind of different in, okay. in a sense. I think, but I could I could be wrong as well. I just don't know if they're going to be about the same. But yeah, uh, James Tyreek is such a high ceiling. Yeah. And Tyreek has already done so much as a fantasy receiver. It's hard to get close to that. Right. No matter how good you are, what your prototype is. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, Jameson Williams, uh, once he gets back from his ACL, uh you know he's probably he was probably supposed to be the fastest wide receiver at the combine in this draft. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just to give you an idea of how fast he is. Okay. So I don't. Know, I like the guy a lot. So yeah, Jameson Williams at the one six. Okay, I like it. Um, at the one seven, I'm going to take a guy who is going to be a steal for a lot of you incoming drafters. Okay. Um, I think that this is the Justin Jefferson of this draft. Um, but George Pickens is my one seven. Interesting. Tell me why you like him so much. I think George Pickens is a monster. If you know anything about George Pickens, you know that he was one of the top receivers on the Georgia Bulldogs coming off of a national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but he broke out at the age of 18. So as an 18 year old true freshman, he had a breakout grade on PFF that was higher than other guys like Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. It was higher than Devontae Smith. It was higher than Jalen Waddles. Mm-hmm. I know he had a bunch of other just dominator ratings. He had a bunch of other yards per route run uh, type of stats that were like identical to Justin Jefferson's and was the number one amongst his age group. He got hurt last season, which really hurt his draft capital. Well, it wasn't even like in the season. It was in the off season. He tore his ACL. Yeah. So he tore his ACL, and now he has that recovery period. And so if you're a team who needs to draft a player to keep your job if you're a GM, um, or if you're somebody who like needs to make a difference immediately, you're not going to waste a pick on Pickens. Mm-hmm. So I think that lends to his favor. He's going to fall towards the end of the first round. Um, potentially to a team that already has a good offense installed, and he's sure. just being a welcome addition to that. Yeah, a nice little, yeah, definitely a good piece. Kind of the way Justin Jefferson fell almost to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that George Pickens is going to be an absolute monster, and I think he's going to come off of his injury and continue to do things that people never expected him to do. I agree, yeah. So yeah, I think I... he's going to be the steal of the draft. That's fair, man. I agree. I like uh, I like George Pickens a lot. Uh, good mm-hmm. for you stealing him. I was honestly thinking about taking him with my next pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still had this guy available. I was able to take Drake London. That was a hard pick between him and Drake London. So, yeah, I was kind of – I was in the same place, but you made it a lot easier for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, got Drake London. Obviously, great size. Uh, always high points the ball. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he did get hurt. He had a bit of an ankle injury at the end of the year, which probably, I'm not sure if it's going to hurt his draft stock, but he wasn't able to participate at the combine or anything. So I'm not sure what that means for scouts or anything. But, you know, I like him, though. He had 6'4", just about 220. I mean, that's great size. I mean, you can't teach that. That's about Michael Pittman. Uh, if you need a possession guy, this guy definitely can be him. Here's my smoke with Drake London. Yeah, yeah. I, go ahead, man. I, I have some smoke with him, too. But I'm not big on him. I think that he obviously has all the physical tools to step into the NFL and be a good, like, starting wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, do all the things for a real football fan or a, a real football team that doesn't necessarily matter to us in the fantasy community. That's fair. So I think he's a great blocker. He has great size. He's a great distraction. He can go high point balls and get those nice little, you know, seven-yard third down routes and things of the such. Right. But with him, I'm more so worried about his separation at the NFL level. Okay. I know that's a common thing against Drake London was that obviously people don't think that he has like great speed, great acceleration, great agility. Yeah. But I kind of agree with that. And when you get to the NFL level, you're no longer playing the Colorado States. No. You're no longer playing, you know, whoever else may be in your division. Mm-hmm. You're playing against the best of the best. And you're probably going to get their best cornerback. Right. I know on the show that I bring up the DB1, DB2, CB1, CB2 argument a lot. Yep. But that matters, bro. Like, you're playing literally the best cornerbacks in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't get much better than them. And you can barely separate against Pac-12 DBs. Mm-hmm. I'm not dissing the Pac-12, but I'm saying that you're playing against a different caliber of corner and D-backs, and you're playing a different level of defensive minds. Right. Like, it only gets harder. No, for sure. I mean, the only thing that he has, like, in his favor is his size. He has size, and that's so great. That's, but... It is great. It, it's great size. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, he doesn't have a bunch of things that I really want to look for. But his size, I mean, you can't deny that. If he's and, if he uh, becomes J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He could very well. Are you, like, if he goes, in the, he's probably going to go in the first round because yeah. he's coming out of USC, big name program. But if he were to have the high point of, like, a, you know, like J.J. per se. I mean, would you be surprised? Not necessarily, honestly. Like, I'm taking him because of his size. And, I mean, just his abilities, what he's able to do and what he's shown in college. And I, I'm i taking him late. Like, some people have him going, like, at the fourth and everything like that. I think taking him at the eight, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, i so, so. I don't know. Like, I think... That's a, yeah, that's a great value pick. His... his his body size, I think, makes up for it because, like, when you look at his comps, like, he's comp to, like, Kenny Galladay and, like, stuff like that, and I like Kenny Galladay, or at least I really liked him. Like, he always went up and he went up and got the ball. Like, he wasn't always the sexiest about doing it, but he always got you yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as he can get to a quarterback that can... I mean, like, he even makes up for quarterback errors at some but points. here's the thing with Drake, too, is, like, he's going to go so early in the draft just because of everything you just mentioned. Yeah. Like, the Jets are projected to take him... At, like, the 10th. It's at, like, crazy. the 10th. And unreal. if he's not going to the 10th, he's not going to fall too much farther after that. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe five, six, seven picks, but he's going to go in the first half to those... There's a lot of bad teams in the first half of the draft, right? In terms of quarterbacks, I, I wouldn't of mind if you. you want. I I personally wouldn't mind if you went to the Jets. though. I but like Zach Wilson. I feel bad for the receivers who are the first receiver taken off the board. Fair, 
I yeah, feel bit, I don't feel great about it. Typically not a good uh, situation. Yeah. No. Like, you want to be the guy to fall in the 20s. Yeah. Or the late teens, maybe. Yeah, I feel you. Who you got next? At the 1.9, I'm going to go ahead and take Isaiah Spiller. Nice. Um, He's probably a lot of people's RB3 in this draft class. I don't like him at all. So, I'll tell you why I like him. If you guys don't follow the Instagram page, go follow us at the Gumbo Pod. I put up a reel um, talking about a lot of the reasons why I like Isaiah. And some of those reasons include, I think he has an underrated ability to be elusive. Um, I think he's a lot more slippery than people want to give him credit for, if that makes any sense. He's an above-average pass catcher. Um, He had a pretty fruitful passing career as a running back uh, when he played in college. And... He also kind of has great size. Like, he has that size of running back that could be in for three downs and can also get the goal line work. He's not someone you're really going to sub out besides anything of stamina. The You know what I mean? Like, he seems to be the prototypical if, if NFL. You're looking, if you're looking at size, but his abilities are the things I would sub him out for. Just my personal preference. I guess I haven't seen enough to say that. I think that... It's a little bit overrated. His, like, 40 time and his combine time, which obviously didn't come out well. His stock dropped the second that he ran, I believe it was, like, a 4.740. Yeah, something like that. But it was, it's, it, to me, it's more than that. Like, I don't know. Like, my personal preference, like, when I'm watching his film, like, he, I just don't see him exploding through the holes. Like, I feel like he's way too hesitant, and that's just one of the reasons why I don't love him. I think like, you gotta obviously be hesitant as a running back, but once you make your decision, that's when you gotta shoot out of a cannon. But how many running backs actually do that? JT, the elites one? Yeah, but who's to say we're drafting him to be a top three running back in the NFL or in fantasy? I'm just drafting him at the end of the first round, hoping that I can start him every week. And I think that he you can do that with him. He has the I mean, power. Every every running back who is in the NFL knows how to search for a hole and explode out of it. And if you don't, you're not playing running back in the NFL. I never said that he couldn't. Well, you just asked who who, who can. No, I'm saying a lot of running backs don't have the ability to burst out of cuts with the most of speed. Like a J.K. Dobbins who has a great build. He's not by any means slow for how big he is, but he's also not CJ2K. He's not fucking Christian Kirk. Out no, on, but he at least field. hits a hole as fast as he can. I don't see that with Isaiah Spiller. That's all I'm saying. I think Spiller hits it as fast as he can. He just doesn't have a lot of top-end speed. I think he's good with, like, short area quickness, kind of. Like, you know, the quick little jukes at the line of scrimmage and getting, like, an extra four or five yards because he's big and he's not going to go down with arm tackles. And he's gonna plow ahead and always like. Not necessarily. That's like what I've the, seen with in the him NFL. In the NFL, once he gets to to anywhere and he tries to make those cuts, it's not gonna go as far. I don't think. Who's to say he's making those cuts against defensive tackles? Yeah, but I mean, those defensive, defensive tackles ends. aren't necessarily the best athletes at the college level. Once you get to the NFL, that's when those three hundred pounders. I mean, yeah, they might be running like five second. Uh, 40s and stuff if not worse but like regardless like these are still really good athletes and if they get any hand on you they're going to take you down like that's just how strong they are at the nfl level so is the is texas a&m not in the sec they are in the sec so isaiah spiller in college playing at texas 
A&M against Alabama, against Florida, against... Yeah, look at his games against those teams, though. They weren't very good at all. What I'm saying is he showed an ability consistently against his competition, which was SEC defenses, to be somebody who has the ability to get past the line of scrimmage, to catch balls well and go get yards after the catch. He seems to be somebody who can also make yards after contact extremely well. He was able to. He was given a competent offensive line and made do with it enough due to be a considerable second or third round pick in the NFL draft. So what I'm saying is like, dude has talent. Just because he's not Jonathan Taylor or Najee Harris or all these other running backs who went at the top of the first round, that's not my expectation for him. I'm taking him at the end of the first round, and if I can start him more weeks than not, that's a win for me. That's a dub. I'm taking that. Like, great. Yeah, I have uh, Zamir White next. Uh, great downhill runner. Mm-hmm. Big, great downhill runner guy. Yep. I can't wait till Isaiah Spiller gets drafted. I fucking hate him, dude. I don't know. I don't understand why you're trying to ride the hype train. I like him. I'm great. allowed to like him. Great. I'm allowed to like him. All right. Um. So, Dugo took Zamir White with the 110. So, my next pick is going to be at the 2-1. And I'm going to go with Christian Watson. Uh, he's a receiver out of NDSU. Had some experience with Trey Lance back in college. I didn't really have much for him. Um, he's just one of those guys who obviously went to a small school. He really stood out. He's beginning a ton of hype, especially around the combine this year. His physicals check out. Seems to be a pretty hard worker guy. I'm going to go ahead and take him just with the belief that he does all the fundamentals well. When you do the fundamentals well, you can usually last. He's not someone who's going to be a top-end performer out of this class, but I don't think he's going to disappoint. So I think you can get him in the second or third round, and you'll be happy with it. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I mean, his, I mean, especially at the combine, he really showed what he could do. Like, he was in, like, the 99th percentile of almost everything that he did at the combine. So, I mean... Everything that you're looking for, it really, I mean, it puts an exclamation point on what he did in college. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited for Christian Watson. I, I was about to take him, but you, <laughs> you sold him again for me. So kudos to you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I had to go with the number one quarterback out of the draft next. I took Malik Rose. I, I just think he has all, like, everything that you're looking for for a dynasty quarterback. He has the ability to run. He has the ability to make any throw on the field. He's extremely accurate. And just one last thing on him. Like, during the Senior Bowl, it was rainy a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the quarterbacks, they weren't performing well at all. But the one person that kept performing extremely well and making all their throws was Malik Willis. And he did Mm -hmm. it with a smile on his face and was always positive. So I think that's gonna I think that's gonna translate well to the NFL. I'm extremely excited for him. Uh, okay. So yeah, Malik Willis, first quarterback off the board. Okay, I'm gonna have a point to make against Malik, but that's gonna come later in the draft, I think. Sure. Um, with my next pick at the two three, I'm taking running back James Cook. Um, James Cook is an amazing pass catching back. So good to where he even lined up. I think as a receiver a lot of times in college. Um, really soft hands. He has upside as a runner still if he can find his way on the field. Had a pretty decent college career, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think he led his running back group in statistics any of the years he was there. Well, I was coming out of Georgia. But James Cook is somebody that 
if given an opportunity, I think that he can shine. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have his obligatory first year as a, you know, kind of like a second, third guy off the bench kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But he's really going to have to prove his worth. And I think that if he can show some flash as a runner, he has the ability to be a three-down back. He's a pretty good blocker, too. So um, I like his upside, and I'm taking James Cook at the 2-3. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I, I like James Cook. Yeah, I mean, out of those two, between Zamir White and James Cook, I think both of them kind of do about the same. I think, obviously, James Cook just had the ability to show off his hands a little bit more within that system. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I took Sky Moore next. Uh, I'm honestly, I I like this guy a lot. I just, he gives me a little bit of, I don't know, like, he makes my hair stand up a little bit because I, I don't want him to be, like, the next Dwayne Eskridge, mm-hmm. who also came out of Western Michigan. Yep. So, or, I... Was that Colorado? Or, I thought, no, no, I think it was Michigan. Yeah, I thought he was out of Western Michigan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I like him, man. Like, I really like uh, Sky Moore. I think he can do a lot of the things that you want him to do. Didn't like his vert though during Cal or during the combine. It was one of the lower ones, but mm-hmm. everything else he did. Yeah. Like he almost gave me, he gives me like Steve Smith vibes. Okay. So I mean, That's if production. I can get a Steve Smith on my team, I'm definitely taking him. Yep. So. All right. Um. Well, I guess with my next pick at the two five, I'll be taking David Bell. David Bell has had not the greatest of off seasons. Mm-hmm. I know that his combine stats weren't great. I think he ran a four six five forty. Um, his other drills were a little bit slow, and that's going to be kind of his downside is the fact that he doesn't have that game breaking speed. Um, he doesn't have that game breaking acceleration. Like he's probably going to get tackled by the safety, even if he gets over the top. Sure. Um, a lot of his knocks have been his inconsistency with his route running. Um, that's something that you can't really have in the NFL because you need to be on point to even get in the three-man starting rotation. Right. Uh, he has a tendency to push off the defenders. Okay. That's not going to fly well because that's going to get penalized, and you getting penalized isn't going to lend to the coaching staff. Yeah, they're going to want to get And then he has average to below average, like, lateral quickness. So what that means, in essence, is, like, his agility to cut. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to get a lot of people on their heels which means that he's one of those guys who's going to be a possession guy. I don't, I wouldn't predict much for Yak for him. Sure. Um, however, I think that with his draft capital in the second or third round, he's going to get integrated into the offense. Mm-hmm. And if he can just make a couple steady hand catches, he can he can find his way or fall his way into some production. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking him for his floor, which I think is pretty close to his ceiling, a lot closer than a lot of these other guys, so. Good stuff, man. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I like David Bell. I mean, to the fact that it, it seems like he can make just about any catch. He has good hands. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily look like that during the combine, though. It seems like there was a, cu- a couple drops. Yeah, he did but, not have a great combine. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a bad day. So let's leave it up to that and just hope to God that he can kind of iron his stuff out. Yep. Uh, I took Trey McBride next. So first uh, tight end off the board. Yep. I, I love this guy. He's coming out of Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the focal point of their offense at the tight end. I mean, you can't really name many other schools that have done that. I would say, you know, quite possibly Kyle Pitts is the closest thing that we've seen to that lately. Really? Are you so, calling on... Not necessarily. I'm not saying that... You're not saying Trey McBride's going to be Kyle Pitts. No, but what I'm saying is that like okay. an offense has put that much pressure on a tight end. And they've come out. Uh, this past year, he had 86 catches... 
mm-hmm. for just over a thousand yards. I know he didn't have many uh, touchdowns, yep. but he has a knack for making himself open for the quarterback, which is uh, obviously the best thing you can do as a tight end. So I think he's probably going to be the best tight end out of this draft. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Trey McBride, man, I got him. Uh, I got him there. Okay, with the pick after Trey McBride, which I like a lot. I got my boy Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. We did an episode earlier. If you guys go back to episode three, I think it might have been. Okay. Uh, we did Drake London versus Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. It was somewhere around that two, three, four mark. But as you know, like me and you are both pretty big on him. Yeah. Um, the dude can fly. I think he had more receptions of over 30 yards than anyone else in college football last year. Mm-hmm. His stats improved every single year um, in college. He is one of those guys who runs routes pretty damn well. He has good separation skills, great hands. He's not projected to make it out of round two in the actual NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I think that he, because he went to a smaller school, I think he went to South Alabama. Yep. Um, he is going to go almost underdrafted because not a lot of people are familiar with his film. Right. Or his college career. He doesn't have the same hype that someone like a Drake London out of USC or someone like a Traylon Burks out of Arkansas is going to have. I think Jalen Tolbert should be getting drafted at least at the beginning of the second, if not maybe the 110, 119 area. Interesting. But I'm, I'm really big on Jalen Tolbert, and I think that he has enough skill just as an all-around receiver mm-hmm. to, at some point, he's going to earn his way into a starting lineup, sure. and he's going to last for a lot longer because he's just so fundamentally sound. That's fair, man. Yeah, I mean, I like his size. Uh, he's also mm-hmm. pretty quick as well at 6'3". I mm-hmm. mean... You, you can't find a lot of receivers like that. So I'm excited to see what he does exactly. Or, yep. uh, next, I had Brian Robinson uh, oh. out of Alabama, the running back there. I like this guy a lot. I mean, with every running back, it seems like that's coming out of Alabama. They keep just getting pushed down the death chart. Mm-hmm. But this guy was good enough to start there. And whenever you're starting for Alabama, you obviously have expectations. Mm-hmm. So, um... You know, I don't know if this guy is going to be like a Derrick Henry or anything like that, but I think he's going to be able to be an every down back in the NFL at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran a 4-5-40, so, I mean, it's obviously not the quickest, but mm-hmm. it's obviously not the slowest either. I mean, we've seen or we've heard of Isaiah Spiller now who has ran 4-6, quite possibly 4-7. And, I mean, I, I like Brian Robinson because he's a dump, he's a dump truck <laughs> dump truck. He is a dump truck, and he's coming at you at four point five. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. I mean, if you have that in the NFL, you can obviously ride through that through a game and not have to worry about oh, is he hurt? Because typically, he's not going to be because he's so big. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I like him. I don't think he's obviously going to be as good as like a Najee Harris or anything like that. But I think he has the tools that he can quite possibly be at least like a flex or RB2 in your system some point down the line. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. I agree with you. I think Brian Robinson is going underdrafted uh, currently. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, with the pick after at the 2-9, I'm probably going to go with the other running back, Rashad White. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best pass catching running backs in this draft. Okay. I think that his ability to obviously catch passes, to also run well. I think he averaged, fuck, maybe like 10 yards a rush, 10 yards a carry last year. Damn, okay. Um, He was one of the best running backs, I think. He went to Arizona State. Yeah. And he was one of the best running backs in their 
you know, in their school's history, but just in general in college football, he was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored 14 times. I think he had about a thousand yards rushing. Okay. So he was able to do a lot. Uh, he was actually sharing a backfield at the time with uh, Demonte Trianum and uh, Daniel Nagata. Okay. Um, Jaden Daniels, who was your quarterback, also rushed a lot. I think he had like 700 yards. Dang. But he was still able to be more than effective, if not the star of that offense. Mm-hmm. He has not a lot of reason to come off the field because of his ability to rush and pass catch. Right. He could improve in the blocking sector a little bit, which is going to cause some disciplinary shit probably early if he doesn't get that fixed. Mm-hmm. But he is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky RB2 in fantasy just in general. Okay. I don't think he enters the RB1 territory, but he could be a really good RB2 for you. And I think that you can get him with some late second round capital. Nice. So. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah, I think he is going to be one of the better uh running backs coming out of this draft as well. Mm-hmm. I think he I mean with his size, his pass catching ability, I don't think he's very slow. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I I think he's going to translate to NFL pretty well. I he also came from a community college as well, so you know, it's always good seeing someone like that, you know, making another chance out of it. My boy. So, hey, Good for him. Good on him. Grinding. Uh, I have Wandale Robinson next. Okay. Uh, so this guy has obviously been slipping, uh, falling through drafts uh, mm-hmm. recently. I still have a little bit of hope in him, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, PFF, they had him as the number one wide receiver grade uh, throughout the 2022 draft mm-hmm. class. So, you know, that speaks for something. Uh, another nice little tidbit about him as well is that when he was at uh, Nebraska, and I think even at Kans- uh, at Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, they utilize him as the out of the backfield. So I really like that little bit of a twist that uh, offenses in the NFL can use with this guy as well. Mm-hmm. He did measure in at 5'8", so that's obviously pretty small, uh, comparable to like a Kiki Cutie, uh, Braxton Berrios, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys obviously aren't great fantasy threats, but they aren't Wandale Robinson. Yeah. So wherever this guy falls, expect him to be probably not an instant impact right away, but after a year or two, uh, you never know. He could pop off like a Debo Samuel quite possibly. Mm-hmm. I like that. I liked Wandale a lot too. Yeah. I think you picked him at a good spot. I think that's around where he should go. Yeah. I mean, if he would have measured up at least like an inch or two higher, if he would have been like 5'10, I think it would be a completely different conversation. I've, but just at 5'8, it's one of those things. I've seen mock drafts to where he goes in like the fourth. Yeah. The I've fourth, seen that. The fourth or like the end of the third. And I'm like, yo, this dude is like, you were just talking him up pretty, pretty highly a couple weeks ago. So. Right. It's interesting. Um,. All right, so Dugo took the last pick of the second, so we have 10 more picks left. Uh, this is what would be starting, I guess, the beginning of our third round. Yeah. Um, with the 3-1, I'm going to go ahead and take Kenny Pickett. Okay. Who was an elite college quarterback. If you know anything about Kenny Pickett, you know he probably could have came out last year. Even last year, amongst the Justin Fields, the Trey Lances, the Zach Wilson, the Trevor Lawrences of the world, Justin Fields... Kenny Pickett was still considered like a legitimate quarterback candidate to come out and be somebody to go somewhat early in the draft last year. Okay. Um, he's had an amazing college career. He's has good frame. He's six three. He's two twenty. He's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. He has decent mobility. And the biggest thing about Kenny Pickett's college career is just how clutch he was able to be. Yeah. So he he steps up in pressure. And I think that if he goes somewhere, because I do believe he's going to fall in the first round to 
maybe a Carolina or maybe a Steelers. I could see him on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Um, but I think that he's going to fall into a good situation somewhere with receivers. And I think that the dude is just a baller. I know, like, they found a reason to make fun of him because of his hand size. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about it, I mean, the man's been playing football his entire life with those same small hands, and he's been amongst the best yeah. in each of his respective classes. So what should change? Uh, I mean, just, like, the size of the football changes. But, I mean, there's that little tidbit uh, about, like, the Carolina Panthers having mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett come over and, like, uh, the GM allegedly, like, Hey, Magic like, let me let me see your hand on the football, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's all right." Like, so apparently it's gonna translate yeah. all right with the size of the ball. So yeah. allegedly, don't worry about it. But we'll see what happens on draft night where he falls. Yeah. Um. Next, I had Justin Ross. So I like this guy. Okay. He's falling. Uh, I think a lot of it is because of his medicals. He had some back issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right after Trevor Lawrence had left Clemson. Okay. And so uh, since then, like, I mean, like his stock has just been falling, honestly. Yeah, I mean, no one really bad. wants to worry about back issues, mm-hmm. but he did come back last year and play a little bit, I think. And he was fully healthy. So oh. you never know, uh, obviously losing Justin or I'm sorry, losing, uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't a great thing to happen to any sort of offense, especially to a uh, top tier wide receiver. But he had to play this whole new offense with a whole new quarterback. So uh, he obviously didn't perform great last year. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I think he's an underrated uh, route runner, especially with his size at 6'4". That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, man. I, I don't know why he's falling so much. I think once he gets out there and shows what he can do, I think mm-hmm. people are going to be looking at themselves like, why didn't I draft this guy sooner? Exactly. Okay. I see why you took him there. I think with the third pick of the third round, I'm going to go with Kyron Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody who actually would be projected to probably go like around that first round. Like I said about Kyron, is he's a great pass catching back. Um, he has a decent amount of explosion to him. I think his one comp is that he's small. His landing spot is going to mean a lot to me when it comes to where I would draft him in a rookie draft. Mm-hmm. But as opposed to just his scalant, or I'm sorry, his <laughs> skill and talent, scalant, um, <laughs> I think it's pretty good, and I think that he's been a tad bit underrated. I don't see him as a three-down running back. I don't see him as an RB1 for fantasy, but I do see him with um, the ability to be a plug-and-play RB2, mm-hmm. and depending on where he lands, I mean, that could improve too. So For sure, um, man. Yeah. Who you got? I got, uh, I got John Michi next. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this guy is probably just going to be a prototypical mm-hmm. wide receiver too. Uh, somewhere like Brandon Cooks type territory ish. I mean, like if Brandon was, Cooks. Okay. I mean, like if he was on like a loaded team, mm-hmm. uh, he'd be like probably like a number two. That's probably gonna be his ceiling in the NFL. I don't see him being a prototypical number one wide receiver on a team. Um, but I really like what he was able to do. He played at Alabama. Uh, in his last year, he caught ninety six balls for just over a hundred one thousand or one thousand one hundred yards. So, I mean, not bad at all in a final season with a quarterback who was a freshman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, he knew the system. Uh, before that, he was, you know, bogged down in that Alabama wide receiver room with uh, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs, you name it. You know, so he, he worked his way through the system, uh, was able to prove that he could be a number two, I think, 
playing uh, adjacent to Jameson Williams. Where do you think he gets drafted on an NFL draft board in the NFL rookie draft? Uh, I would say he's probably going to go towards the later part of the second, if not a third. Really? I, I think so. I think a lot of people do know his value and his worth. Um, it just kind of depends on where he's going to fall within a system or a scheme, I think. Landing spot matters a lot to me for a lot of rookies, and if he lands at the end of any round to a team like Kansas City or something like that, right. I think that could really, really Yeah, that that could be huge, man. Really like, be good he, for him, yeah. Yeah, he could fill kind of like that void because, like, you have Juju, MVS, mm-hmm. Mikol, but, like, if you want, like, a true, like, I don't know, like a number two who can kind of do like all those things. I think John Michi's kind of that guy. Okay, I like it. All right, so with the three five after John Michi, I'm gonna go with Damian Pierce. Yep. Um, Damian Pierce is out of Florida. Yep. Uh, he's a really, I see him as more of like a RB two on a team. Damian is five nine. He's two twenty. Um, he withstands like arm tackles very well, and he has a really low center of gravity. So that allows him to, you know, juke out against, you know, defensive tackles, DNs. Um, he's pretty good about falling forward. And obviously, because you can't get him down with arm tackles, he's pretty good after contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's somebody that I like a lot. I would be willing to draft him in the third round and hope that he can get, you know, maybe like a RB2 role on a team. For sure. RB3 role, but step into a starting spot because of injury performance or whatever it may be. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I like Damian Pierce as well. If he's not doing anything this first year, I think mm-hmm. I think before his first contract's up, he's going to be at least like a bona fide number two on a team. Okay. Like kind of like an A... Not necessarily what A.J. Dillon like this past year, mm-hmm. but maybe like his rookie year type stuff where he goes for like six, seven hundred, eight hundred yards per season type stuff, couple tutties. Okay. I think that's probably where Damian Pierce is going to make his money at. Same. He's going to have to earn his way to... For sure. To like one of those roles, but it's possible. Yeah. Uh, next, I had Jelani Woods. Uh, Steel. I absolutely love this guy. He's out of Virginia. You guys have heard about us talk about him before. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at his upside, he's 6'7", 254. Uh, he ran a 46140 time, which was second amongst all tight ends at this draft. And he also put up 22 reps of, I think it's 225. <sighs> So, 24 reps at 225, which was the best among all tight ends. So, if you look at what he's bringing to the table to an NFL team, I mean, he does everything you want him to do. And his Dude, only his only gripe is probably that he isn't the most pure catcher. Uh, like Jahai has brought up in the past, it seems to go more to like a body catch type. But that's something that you can develop at the NFL, especially with that size. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming he has big hands, which... That's that's the main thing that you need to catch the ball. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, as long as he can learn how to catch the ball, I think this guy could have. I mean, he has unreal upside, guys. Let's just go with that. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, Jelani Woods, I think, is going to be a steal if the Packers get him. I'd be really happy about that. Yeah, I think wherever he goes, I think he's going to be a steal. But yeah, mm-hmm. getting him in the third here, I love him. Yeah, love cool. him there. Um. All right. Cool. So with the uh, Three seven. I'm gonna go with another tight end. I'm gonna go with Greg Dolchich. Okay. Um, out of Notre Dame. Nice. Why? Um, I think that he's a pretty good all around tight end. Okay. Uh, he could compete for that number one tight end spot in the class. He's a good blocker, so he's gonna get a snap share. Mm-hmm. He's kind of learned how to run routes in college, 
really well. He gets really good separation. Um, he has good acceleration out of breaks, and I think that's going to lend to him being able to be productive in the passing game. Um, so if you block well and you catch well as a tight end, that typically leads to more snap share. And um, I think that he's going to be able to carve out a role really early in his career. Good stuff. So I like him a lot, and I think that he's a steal in the third round, especially if I'm if I'm looking for a tight end or I'm a tight end needy team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy with getting Greg Dolchich where I got him. So. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I think he has a lot of upside as well. Uh, you know, UCLA is not obviously an elite team of football. Yeah. But he, he was able to do some elite stuff for that program this year. Uh, so, yeah, I like him a lot. I think he's going to have a lot of upside this year. Cool. Uh, I had Pierre Strong Jr. next. Uh, he's uh, like running, back, running back out of South Dakota State. Um, this guy, he's kind of wild or kind of weird in a sense to like he's 5'11 207 so he's just about what you want as like that prototypical size but he runs a 43740 which is blazing so i don't know like i think just because of that you you gotta have him you know like towards the top because with that size the only thing that he's missing is going against like true like d1 schools like, yeah. if he was, like, in the SEC and he put up these numbers, I mean, we would be talking about him going in, like, the second or first round. Like, this guy is unreal. Um, you know, I think he, at the end of the day, you got to give him kind of like that James Robinson type. He's a James Robinson looking ass to the extent that, uh, <laughs> you know, like, he could he could be the steal of the draft and he could come out and he could perform as a day one running back. If given the opportunity. So, Pierce Strong, uh, look for him in the third if you have the opportunity to, if he's still around. I like it. I like it a lot. I like how that whole third round list of running backs for us are like those little, like, like the ground to pound, like bowling ball kind of guys. Well, Pierce Strong, I think he could do just about everything. Like, South Dakota State, it's it's not a elite school, really. Like, yeah. obviously, like, they do really well, I think, in D2. Mm-hmm. But if you're running back there, you got to be able to do everything when it comes to running, blocking, catching, you know, because I mean, that's what a lot of people like, you can't have specialists there. Like you got to yeah. get people who can do everything. Yeah. And he was able to do everything at an elite level. So I really like him a lot. I like it. Um, with the three, nine. Uh, so this is my last pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio state. Yeah. Um, I liked his tape. He had pretty good hands, pretty reliable, good route runner. I think that he's going to fall to a team that is somewhere in like the middle to the end of the round. Mm-hmm. Um, I could potentially see that being the Broncos. Okay. I think that they just got rid of Noah Fant. So if they brought in, you know, Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State, mm-hmm. he could mesh well with Russell Wilson, has good hands. You don't really need to teach him much. He just needs the experience. And, um,. Yeah, man, I think that he has a lot of upside, so. Hell yeah, man. With a 3-9, I'd take Ruckert, and, um, yeah. Yeah, man, Jeremy Ruckert, he uh, has a lot of upside. Played with probably three, four different quarterbacks in college, so can catch how many different types of balls. Uh, I really like this guy a lot. He's been able to be a playmaker the last couple of years for Ohio State, which is yeah. uh, obviously a very proven program. Uh, last pick of the draft. I'm gonna actually call it audible. I'm going with Alec Pierce, uh, with the three ten instead of who I had uh, prior. Um, 
I actually had his quarterback prior, uh, Desmond Ritter, but I really like uh, Alex Pierce. I'm calling an audible here. Uh, the reason for it is when you look at his numbers, he looks like he could quite possibly be the next Jordy Nelson uh, as far as like productivity, as far as skin tone, as far as all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, this guy is just uh, – he's a monster out there, honestly. Like He goes up and makes any sort of contested catch. And to that point of uh, – you know, he actually had the number one vertical jump at the combine, proving that white men can jump. Wow. So uh, let's put an exclamation point on this uh, mock draft here with Alec Pierce going uh, 310. What do you think about that pick, Jahia? Do you like Jack Harlow? Are you I, a Jack Harlow fan? Not a huge fan of him. Oh, okay. Well, Jack Harlow will be the star in the remake of White Man Can't Jump. It should be Alec Pierce. Oh. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Uh, but I like that. That's a good pick. I like that audible. So, yeah, that's our, that's our mock draft. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, folks. Appreciate you. My name is Ja. Dugo. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> From another episode of Gumbo. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Um, feel free to like, click follow. This is going to be a bonus episode, but we'll be back every Friday with more content um, for your off-season activities. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we out. Have a good day. Happy fishing. I ain't never quitting on my homies from the set. Rather die legend than